what does balance or living a balanced life mean to you? Do you think it's even possible? The debate about work-life balance and whether it's even a real thing has been taking place since the phrase was introduced in the 80s as more and more women entered the workforce. When our calendars are full and we're racing from one thing to the next, balance can feel elusive, fleeting, or even downright impossible. But y'all... Today's guest is proof that balance is actually possible. It might just look and feel a little different than we all expected. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 79 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest, C.G. Townsend, definitely knows a thing or two about balance. Let me introduce you to C.G. Townsend. C.G. Townsend is genuine and authentic on her everyday journey to live balanced, not busy, and provide practical solutions to find balance and ultimately shift from crazy busy to confident calm. CG has been intrigued by the word busy since she was six years old. Surrounded by working parents and grandparents, everyone seemed to be really, really busy all the time. So CG was initiated into her family's secret society of busy people when she turned 13. Her over-programmed social calendar, full schedule, and ridiculous amount of commitments from school sports to the Youth and Government Club were some official rites of passage. CG remained in that secret society and committed to the condition of being busy in high school, college, and for many years post-graduation. Until one day a light bulb went off and she no longer wanted to respond to, how are you? with the overused response, I'm so busy. Her life as a balanced person has certainly not limited her from identifying and pursuing each one of her passions. Professionally, she's worked as an account manager for dialect marketing, marketing manager for Red Bull North America, and she's currently in corporate public relations at Cox Communications. Outside of her nine to five, she works five to nine and sometimes even later to serve in the Atlanta community. She is president emeritus of the Urban League of Greater Atlanta Young Professionals. She's a member of the Lead Atlanta 2013 class, a New Leaders Council Louisiana 2015 fellow, and a participant in the Leadership Buckhead class of 2017. She's a graduate of the Leadership Georgia class of 2018 and was inducted into Outstanding Atlanta in the fall of 2019 and serves as the 2021 president. She's a member of the Junior League of Atlanta, where she serves as Director of Sustainer Engagement. Most recently, CG was elected to serve as the 2021 Secretary and Treasurer of the Blandtown Neighborhood Association. And if that's not enough, (laughs) additionally, she is the founder of Balanced Not Busy, a space for go-getters to find rest. She inspires, encourages, and empowers as a public speaker, wellness advocate, and host of the Being Balanced podcast. 
How does she do it all? CG is rooted in prioritizing her time and doing the things that matter most, that she is passionate about, and that fulfill her life. Rather than focusing on work-life balance, she lives life and avoids sacrificing her joy by glorifying busyness. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband, Travis, and her stepson, Tripp. In today's conversation with CG, she shares how a simple social media hashtag changed everything for her. She dives into what it means to be balanced, not busy. We talk about the difference between having boundaries and having healthy boundaries. And finally, she shares how to define and enforce healthy boundaries in order to shape a life that you truly love. You can find links to all of the productivity tools and resources mentioned in this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 79, including CG's secret recipe for focus. You're going to love it. And finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Kornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Kornick. Hey, CD, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to talk with you today. How are you doing? Oh, I am so good. And I tell you, the feelings are mutual. I am really happy to be here today. Yay! Well, as we are recording this, we are living through the crazy uh, ice storm extravaganza of 2021. I swear, I don't know what's going to get thrown at us next. It, I mean, literally at this point, dinosaurs could walk down the street and I probably wouldn't think twice about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel you on that 100%. I was actually thinking just this morning about how, you know, all of the different things that have happened in the last few months have made me so much more adaptable as a yes. person. Have you felt that? Yes. I just feel like I'm so much more of an agile human. Like I, I always thought that I adapted well to change and was super flexible, but it wasn't until I really had to do it on a large scale right. um, basis that I realized like, man, you are very agile. Like you, yeah. you're living your best agile life these days. <laughs> I love that your best agile life. So before we hit record, I told everyone the official CG bio, but as always, you know, I would love for you to tell us in your own words about how you spend your time these days. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, my time just goes to so many different parts of life. I mean, I am a bonus mom. So everything that comes with that with like 
school pickups and doing projects at home and helping with homework. But then I'm also really active in the community. So I find myself with a full plate of junior league meetings and neighborhood association meetings and just staying plugged into what's going on. And if that's not enough, um, I'm also a wife and, you know, all the things that come with that role and wearing that hat and being supportive of my husband and also working with him in partnership to make a home and all of the fun things that come with a to-do list there. But I also, I mean, I always start with that stuff because, you know, that's the stuff that matters the most to Mm me. Love it. Um, And so then, you know, when I think about professionally, Um, I work in corporate communications full time. Um, And if anybody listening has anything to do with corporate communications, you know that our lives have been crazy since Mm -hmm. March 2020, because in essence, we're we're tasked with communicating this roller coaster ride that we've been on and we're living it in real time. So, you know, my time and my plate stay full with doing my professional responsibilities. But then, of course, I'm also the founder of Balance Not Busy. And Balance Not Busy, my goodness, started as a hashtag. And it was really just an opportunity for me to talk about all the things I had going on in my personal life. And over the years, it has just evolved into something I could not have dreamed of. I mean, I'm doing speaking engagements and workshop facilitation, and I'm the host of the Being Balanced podcast. And I'm curating this space on social media for people to feel that they can have the permission that they need to stop the glorification of busyness and ultimately embrace balance. And so there's content creation happening and so much more. So while most might look at my day-to-day schedule and say, my goodness, that girl is busy as I don't know what, I'd like to think that I really am balanced. You know, my plate is full of all of the things that matter to me. I'm intentional with my prioritization of those things, even in the way that I describe them now. You heard what came Mm -hmm. out first. And, you know, I just, I, I end every night not depleted and instead invigorated by knowing that I'm one step closer to doing things that really matter. Oh my goodness, CG. I'm just, I'm, first of all, I'm feeling so incredibly inspired because it's always, it's always so exciting to meet and connect with other women who admit, you know, that they have a lot on their plates, but it's not often that you come across someone who is able to say authentically that their plate is full with things that matter most and things that they absolutely love. And I'm very excited to dive into your secrets for cultivating and creating that type of joy-filled, intentional life a little bit later in this episode. But I've got to go back to the fact that Balance Not Busy started as a hashtag on social media. You've got to tell me a little bit more about this origin story. How do you go from being, you know, full-time corporate communications to having a hashtag completely take off in the way that it has for you? You know, and sometimes I even have to take a step back and just think to myself, my goodness, like that is my story, you know? And 
In a nutshell, at the time, I was working actually in event planning and I had the same similar to-do list, you know, work, community. At the time, my husband was my boyfriend, you know, but it was still a relationship kind of thing. And people would often ask me, how do you do it all? You know, how do you show up for your friends? How do you make time for your romantic relationship? How do you, you know, take care of yourself? Like health and wellness is important to me. And my response would always be, you know, I don't know. I just feel kind of balanced. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I communicated that and realized that people really wanted to better understand what that looked like, I decided to use Instagram as a way to visually talk about my day to day. And I would just use the hashtag, you know, no intention that it would become what it has become at this point. Um, But the more and more I talked about it, the more people wanted to better understand, you know, and so they were like, can you create a Facebook page so that we can, you know, so that you can have more long firm form yeah. versions of the information? Yeah, people then, are just like, how do we talk about this? Yes, yes. And then, and mind you, I think it's important to note, this was seven years ago. So this wow. is well before what I consider the self-care trends, yeah. um, a lot of the health and wellness that we see now. This was just not the norm at mm-hmm. the time. And so there was a craving for it. And mm-hmm. It went from hashtag with just a picture on social media to a blog. And then the blog turned into speaking engagements. You know, I was so involved in the community that the organizations that knew me, they started to ask me to come in and speak. So it started with community organizations and then churches. And then groups started asking me to come in and do team builder exercises. Like, how can we help our teams be more productive by understanding how this works? Um, And then most recently, three years ago, it turned into a podcast because I personally desire to talk to other people. I wanted to know how they define balance and what that looks like in their lives. And so podcasting was a great place to do that, you know, similar to this conversation. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And when is the book coming out? I know, right? Well, you know, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I, I have thought long and hard about the book, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like that's that's just the next evolution. It just seems like it. I know. So stay tuned. You'll okay. be the first to know. You'll be the okay. first. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll be on your launch team. We will yes. spread the balance, not busy manifesto far and wide. <laughs> I absolutely love that because seven years ago, you had no idea what this would become. And I love that it's such an example of what can happen when you just share, Mm -hmm. when you just put it out there. Um, So, you know, the word balance can be a very interesting word for a lot of people. I initially, when I launched It's About Time, my original tagline was, you know, it's a podcast about work, life, and balance. It's not necessarily about work-life balance um, because balance can take on so many different meanings for people. And I'm sure that that's, that's the case for you too, is that, you know, what balance means to you is going to be different for so many others listening. You know, how would you what advice would you have for someone who is seeking their version of balance? 
Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, you know, just the term work-life balance, because I am a radical advocate that it doesn't exist. Um, And it was a term created in the 80s. And I'll spare you guys the history lesson, but Google it, you know, I mean, it kind of breaks down how as a country, um, we were prescribed to this idea of a euphoric place of work-life balance. And since then, it's gotten a really bad rap. You know, people are like, there's no such thing. There's, it's impossible. And I beg to differ. Um, you know, the way that I define balance is being honest with myself during every season of my life and giving myself the grace, space, and permission to evolve as needed without explanation and to do it 110% unapologetically. The grace, space, and permission to evolve as needed. Yes. Yes. We could end the podcast right there. And that would be like a gym fireworks, set it off, but we're not going to do that. Right. Um, That is that's amazing. I, I absolutely love that. I know that's going to resonate with so many people who are listening. Well, CG, so you are a bonus mom and you work in full-time corporate communications, which in the last year has really turned into crisis corporate communications, if we could just be honest. Absolutely. Um, and you're a wife and friend and you're a community leader and you have your podcast and you you do all of these things, like I said earlier, filled with so much joy and exuberance because you have the right things on your plate. So how exactly, how exactly do you keep all the trains running on the tracks? You know, what are your, what are your go-to tools and strategies for making life happen for you and your family and your business? Yeah. You know, I am a systems and routine person. Um, I like to be very clear on, you know, how everything works in tandem. So if I want to wake up early, I think less about what needs to happen that morning in order to do that. And I think more so about the night before. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't wake up early if I don't get the right amount of sleep the night before. Yes. So for me, the routine starts, you know, eight hours before I'm even scheduled to wake up. And I also often talk about this, you know, when I'm doing speaking engagements and also on social media, but I have toolbox. And I have tools in my toolbox. But here's the most important thing about that. It's not just about the tools. It's about when I know that I need to upgrade my tools, right? Like that same hammer that you were using 10 years ago may not work now, right? (laughs) There might be a better model, right? So that's how I look at the tools in my toolbox. If I've been meditating for a while and I've gotten into a good rhythm of a practice of daily meditation, I sometimes will gut check myself and say, are you doing this just because it's your routine or is it actually helping you be a better person? Is it helping you be more present? And you may need to switch it up. You know, you may need to try a new app or meditate at a different time of day or you know, try to do it in a different way than you've done it before. And I consider that my upgrade. I consider that me going out and buying more expensive tools, you know, or me reevaluating, does my power drill still work the way that I need it to work for this project? And, you know, I have a ton of tools. 
essential oils. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to diffuse them all over my house. Mm. I also, I am a daily meditator. I typically do it in the morning because it sets the tone for me. I have tried to meditate in the middle of the day and it's just challenging for me. It's it's Mm -hmm. harder to disconnect for me in the middle of the day versus first thing in the morning. I also am an avid reader. And for me, reading is self-care. The time Mm -hmm. that I invest to say, leave me alone, I'm reading my book right now is really important to me. It's honestly the same thing as taking a nice long bath, you know? And so I, I read, I keep books in the rotation. Mm -hmm. I keep new books around me so that I can never use the excuse that I didn't have anything to read. Right. Um, What are you reading right now? Would you be willing to share? Yes. So um, I just finished the last story of Mina Lee. Um, And I will, I will say this. I am very intentional also about diversifying my reading list. Um, I am a part of like three book clubs and I love it because all of them pick different stuff to read that I naturally would not buy. Mm. And so it helps me stay kind of plugged into just what the world is reading. So I just finished that and it was so good. Um, And that was for a book club conversation. I'm starting Cicely Tyson's memoir. Mm. Um, So I I went ahead and purchased that right away when it launched. And I'm so glad I did because I think it's being listed as a collector's item now since her passing. Yeah. Um, And also I have on the list for this for February, I typically read like two to three books a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have on the list for February to read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, yay. You're really going to enjoy that. I have heard really great things. And I think it's so strange that I haven't read it yet. Mm -hmm. I've actually been on his email list for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I've I've gotten very digestible information from him. Yes. And I decided it's time. Just read the book. (laughs) Just read the book. A lot of it will definitely seem familiar, especially after being on his email list. But um, I I love how simple his social media is is. Mm-hmm. It's just it's mm-hmm. so simple. It's so powerful. And you guys, I'll definitely link to these recent reads, Atomic Habits included, and James Clear's Instagram handle as well. So you can check that out because it's, the words are very powerful. And so um, I don't want to say easy to implement, but at the same time, yeah, they're just great, great pieces of information to implement. Okay. And I also have to ask, do you have a go-to essential oil recipe? Oh, yes. Okay. So my (laughs) favorite, I'm like, I wish that your listeners could see me because I just kind of sat upright a little bit and got really giddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My go-to right now for focus. Okay. And um, I will preface that I diffuse this. Okay. Um, It may have a different different feel for you if you're applying it, you know, topical, but I do lemongrass, Mm -hmm. peppermint, Mm -hmm. lime, and purification. And the purification blend is through Young Living specifically. Um, And it's a mix of stuff, right? But um, that is like my go-to focus. I mean, it just... There's just something about that blend in the air that just like gets my gears going. And I I feel like I can hone in on everything I have to do. Oh, that is fun. Okay. Definitely we'll be including that in the show notes as well so that we can all uh, diffuse focus into the air as we are trying to focus while we're either working from home or, you know 
doing life. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So you use essential oils. You are a daily meditator. Um, and you make, make a, make reading a priority. So Mm -hmm. what else, what else helps keep the train on the tracks? You know, I'm a paper planner person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just don't even leave the house without that thing. Uh And I know a lot of people consider paper planners pretty archaic. I mean, obviously we have a million different apps and calendars and all types of things we can use. But for me, I use all of those things as well. Right. And because I have so many of them, right? Like I have a Google Calendar for four mm-hmm. different Gmail accounts. I have Outlook. I have a family calendar. I have all these things that I like to dump everything in my paper planner mm-hmm. because it gives me a line of sight. And I'll tell you, when I don't do that, it's inevitable that I'm going to double book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I say that with a wink because... It happens. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, everything has to go in there. If it doesn't go in there, then things will just kind of flop on top of each other. Yeah. Because realistically, you know, my work day is pretty typical, you know, and traditional um, to nine to five ish, sometimes eight thirty to five thirty ish. But I also have other things that happen during that workday. There's car line and pick up from school. There might be a quick doctor's appointment, things like that. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have a line of sight of all of those things, bird's eye view. Exactly. Then you know I may schedule a work meeting when I'm clearly supposed to be at the dentist. Yeah. You know so. So that is like my go-to and has been for years. I've been a paper planner person since the beginning of time. Do you Um, have a favorite paper planner? Um, You know, it's interesting that you asked that. And I'll tell you the short story of this. Um, I shared the more public, longer story on Instagram late last year. I did have a planner favorite. um, And I had used that planner since 2013. I was a ambassador, an advocate, a fan. And um, of course, 2020 revealed a lot um, about people's beliefs and morals and positions and things like that on political things and just current events. And I didn't necessarily think that um, the planner company that I loved handled a, a specific incident in the right way. I just I disagreed with the way that they handled it. And so for the first time since 2013, I went out on a hunt to do my research and find a new planner company. And um, so I'm using a different one for 2021. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. I will say that I had been out of the research game for so long. I didn't realize how much paper planner brands had really evolved. Yeah. And there's so many customization options and things like that. And I really love the way and the route that I went this year. Um, It's way more streamlined. Like I'm a note taker. And so I used to have multiple planner and notebooks and post-it notes, et cetera. And and there's just paper all around me. Right. Everything. Uh, Everywhere. Um, But with this brand, I was able to really do some cool customization and add some note pages. So um, everything is in one place and it makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I wish that I could give a firm one on that, but I have to say, you know, true to, um, 
trying out something new. If you mm-hmm. ask me in a year, I probably could give a stronger recommendation. Okay. <laughs> You're still test driving this tool in your toolbox before you yep. commit to recommending it to others. Yeah, absolutely. I respect that 100%. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also respect looking for a new option based on how the previous brand no longer, you know, no longer aligned with with your beliefs. Um, so that's that is that's interesting. I, there there have been a lot of changes and shifts in the past year that have been influenced by seeing um, the true colors of others, and so. Yeah. I th- think that that's wonderful to, for you to, instead of, <clears throat> instead of continuing to use what's comfortable to step out into research mode into, yeah. and, and find the, the new yeah. next yeah. thing. I think and I'll tell you, you know, it's so, it's so interesting to hear you play that back to me because for me, it was so on brand yeah. with the way that I live my life, you know, like life happens in seasons for me mm-hmm. and I ebb and flow naturally with the way that I feel with the, you know, my gut, my intuition, I tap into my, my inner awareness a yeah. lot. And if I'm being pulled in a different direction, it's very rare that I question it right. because I know that, Hey, don't question yourself. Yes. You know how you feel, you know, you know, kind of what is happening around you to make you feel this way. Follow that. You know, go for it. Don't don't use that time and energy to try to figure out why mm-hmm. and instead use the time and energy to embrace it mm-hmm. and move with it. Like you're yeah. just moving into a different season. Yeah, that embracing, embracing it and moving with it takes courage. Oh, yeah. It's it's oh, yeah, yeah it, it, it definitely does take take courage and pumping pumping yourself up in a way to be to be ready and able to to step into that evolution so and so often people you know they they talk about the finish line right and it's very easy for me to to tell you all the things that I do now you know how I've evolved and what my toolbox looks like and things like that but I always like to make sure people understand that I'm a recovering busy person this is not you know this is not me seven years ago, you know, I was hustle and bustle, overprogrammed, didn't have the right tools in the toolbox, moving and shaking at a pace that was just unrealistic and not even setting human expectations in a right. way that I could do anything, right? Uh-huh. This is after years and years of practice. Mm-hmm waking up every day, setting an intention, being honest with myself, forgiving myself, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when I have busy seasons and I I do things that I know better, like multitasking, multitasking. And I broke (laughs) up, we broke up like two and a half years ago when I started meditating and I was like, multitasking. I don't want any, anything to do with you. anymore. We are never, ever (laughs) getting back together. No, this is it. It's not you. It's me. It's over. But Two weeks ago, I found myself multitasking in a seriously like aggressive way. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a step back. And I literally was like, you know better. Yeah. You're making mistakes. I was making typos and I was sending emails out to the wrong people. And I was like, you're making mistakes, not because you're not capable of doing what you set out to do. You're making mistakes because you're trying to do too many things at one time. Yes. 
making mistakes because you're trying to do too many things at one time. And if you're listening right now and you're nodding your head, you are not alone. We not only have all been there, but even those of us who have sworn off multitasking still can fall into it from time to time. It happens. It's okay. It's just about being mindful and intentional, recognizing what you're doing, forgiving yourself and moving on, moving on. So CG, this trap that we fall into of trying to do too many things at once You know, it hits us at the micro level when we're sitting at our desks trying to send emails and work on a report and listen in on a conference call. But it also hits us in a much bigger way when we have too many, too many different goals that we're working toward or too many different obligations or things that we've said yes to that maybe we shouldn't have. I would love to shift gears and talk a little bit about something that is has probably been a struggle for all of us at some point, and that's the B word, boundaries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> boundaries. Oh, yeah. You know, how, how does having boundaries in place shape your life and your decision making? You know, first, I'll say that I'm an adamant uh, believer in healthy boundaries. Mm. I feel like when boundaries is used by itself, some people leverage that as an opportunity to kind of just be rude. You know, they're like, it's my boundary. You know, I'm not doing that because it's my boundary. And what I think the difference is, is that a healthy boundary is that you don't communicate that you're not doing something simply because you don't want to. You communicate that you're not doing something because you need to do something else. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that for every yes that we give out, you have to say no to something else. So every time I sign up to be in a new community organization or in a new role that has meetings in the evening, I'm saying no to family time, dinner. Um, I'm saying no to watching my favorite TV show after work. I'm saying no to going on a walk with my family. I'm saying no to reading a book, right? Inevitably, I'm saying no to something. So for me, when I'm communicating a healthy boundary, it's more about what sacrifice would I have to make in order to do what you're asking me to do? And is it worth it for me in this particular season of my life? Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. 
in my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Mm. So every yes equals a no. Mm -hmm. Saying no is hard for a lot of us. How can we get better about saying no? Well, here's the thing. I think that the general idea of saying no actually encompasses a lot of different things. And Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just a straightforward no all Mm -hmm. of the time. When I'm asked to do something in any area of my life, in the workplace, a friend may ask me to help plan a baby shower, whatever the case may be, right? (laughs) I want to be clear on what is the expectation of me first. Yes. Tell me, are you like, what is your expectation? How much time Mm -hmm. do you think you might need from me? What do you want to see from me? Do you want me to make major decisions or do you want me to give you a high five after you make a decision? Yeah. help me best understand what this means for my life. And Mm -hmm. after I get those details, I can then go make an informed decision. And sometimes it's not a straight up no. Sometimes it could look like, hey, right now I'm actually working on a really big project at work and it's going to take a little bit more time than it normally would during non-traditional work hours. And I know that because of that, I can't be the best co-baby shower planner. Right. So thank you for thinking of me, but I don't know if I'm best served in the role as planner. You can definitely count on me to attend. Yes. And that's just it, right? But you know what I think actually gets in the way of us being able to communicate things like that? It's not that or it's not always that we don't know how to say no. Sometimes it's that we think that saying no is an admission that we can't do something. Mm. And admitting that you can't do something is really uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Like we want to think that, Oh no, I have the skills. I have the experience. I have the knowledge. I can do all the things. And that's not what saying no means. Saying no means that maybe you can't give it your best. Maybe you can't give it what was what it deserves or mm-hmm. what its intention. And I'm not talking about big projects. I'm talking about sometimes going to brunch with your girlfriends. Yeah. 
sometimes I just don't have it in me to be the best friend mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Right. And nothing's wrong with that, right? But we have created this illusion in our minds that when we say no, it's going to hurt someone's feelings or things like that. I like to think that me going to that brunch and not being a good friend and sitting and quietly and not engaging in the conversation is actually worse than me not going at all. Right, right. And I love the example that you gave just a moment ago about connecting you know, when, when let's say the person asked you to be the co-baby shower planner and you very thoughtfully, you know, thought through what the ex- expectation would be, you looked at the other things on your plate, you mm-hmm. had, you referenced a work project that was going to require non-traditional evening hours that would not allow you to bring your best. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's just like you said, if you had said yes, you very likely would have let the other person down because you yes. would not have been able to bring your best. So you're doing them a favor. Yes. And not only that, but I don't think you said the word no a single time. Nope. Not the word at all. no was not no. even present there. Yeah. You, you very carefully explained the current priority why you would not be best fit and you wished them well and yeah. and and shared how you would be willing to participate and be a part of it um yeah. if i were then, on the receiving end of that i would have i would be grateful yeah. you did me a favor yeah but what you just read back to me is something that takes time mm-hmm. and in a microwave society yes. where the expectation is that you would follow up immediately. Amazon Prime, I need it now. Yes, I need it now. I need a response now. I need to know you're in now. We don't give ourselves the space to process and to ask the questions up front. What's expected of me? You know, what, what do you need for me to do in order to make an informed decision? And so there's so much that needs to happen from a mindset shift mm. in the way that we communicate with each other, in the way that we live our lives. Um, and really, it starts with just slowing it down. And I'm not talking about moving at a snail's pace. I'm just saying everybody getting on board with, hey, I might not get an answer right now. Yeah. And if I need an answer right now and I waited until the last minute to ask, that's actually not the person that I'm asking's problem. Right. That's my fault. And I have to accept the consequences that I may not get an answer when I need it. Exactly. You know, that's one of the things that I work with a lot of my one-on-one time management clients about is that we've all been so conditioned to respond immediately to all forms of communication. Um, you know, because back and it, it, it's not even conditioning, it's just born into us. It's innate. Um because back in, you know, the days of the cavemen, if you did not respond immediately to communication from other members of your tribe, you risked being shunned. And then you would be left out of the tribe. You didn't get a seat around the campfire. You didn't get to share, you know, whatever was for dinner that night. And it really was life or death. But now yeah. responding immediately is not life or death. Email yeah. is not instant message. Um, every text message does not require immediate turnaround and it's really tough to reframe that. You know, do you have any advice (laughs) for reframing that? Because that is such a mindset shift. 
Well, and I'll tell you this, um, it might be a hard truth. And I'm sure my friends, um, especially those that might be tuning in, will, will hate me for saying this. But I have always made it very clear that if you send me a text message, I'm the kind of replier that either you get a reply within one second or 30 days later. It just really <laughs> depends on what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just really depends on what's going on. So for me, I think that the best way to start to reframe that school of thought and shift that way of thinking is you have to model the behavior that you want people to best understand. Yes. And I don't reply to text messages, most text messages immediately because I'm not able to engage at that mm -hmm. time. And my, my people know that. They know that about me. They know that during the workday, I'm teetered to email and I'm mm -hmm. more likely to see an email before a text because my phone may not even be in the same room with me. Right. Um, and I've always been that way, you know, so I set the tone and they know that if it's an emergency and they need to reach me immediately to call me. And that's probably the best way to reach me. Yeah. But I, I feel like we we communicate those things. And then if we don't have the actions to back it up, yeah, that's where it gets really confusing and complex as to how to interact with a person who's trying to set a healthy boundary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's listening right now and they are thinking, I have no boundaries, I am a pushover. I let people walk all over me. I say yes to everything. My calendar reflects it. I never have time for me. You know, how can someone start to define what healthy boundaries look like for them? Yeah, I think the first step is sitting down and thinking about all of the activities that result in that way of thinking. So if you, for example, are saying, I never have time for me. Well, why not? What is it that you're doing during the time that could be allocated just for you? Start there. And it depends, you know, what that response is for that person. I can use me as an example. Um, I used to feel like I didn't have time to read. Um, you know, I used to read during my morning commute to work. I would take the train and I was guaranteed round trip an hour just to read. Well, when we started working from home and working in these virtual environments, I lost my commute time. And so I struggled in those first months. I'm like, I feel like I'm always available to people, but I don't have time to read. And I realized that Instead of reading during the week, as I previously had, the best time for me to devour a book is on the weekend. And so that meant that I had to be really mindful of all the Zoom birthday parties and like <laughs> all the things that were happening, you know, right. like, I had to, I had to basically start to say, Hey, you know, that's not really going to work. And people didn't get it because they were like, you're going to read instead of a birthday party. And I'm like, yeah. Like, because I desired me time and I found it. I found the, the sweet spot and now I've got to really invest in myself in mm -hmm. that way. So yeah, the first step before you even start thinking about boundaries and start, you know, borrowing boundaries that you might see from someone else on social media. Right. Is, you cannot copy and yes. paste healthy boundaries. No, 
Absolutely not. Best tip ever. Everybody write that down. You cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have to actually think about what your needs are and what's prohibiting them. I actually call those balance barriers. What's getting in the way of you being able to live a more balanced life? And boundaries is one of the tactics of being more balanced. I love that. Balance barriers, those things getting in the way of you living a more balanced life. That's fantastic. Now I'm going to be on the lookout for the balance barriers in my life. So now let's say that, let's say that we have taken stock of, you know, the activities that are taking up our time. You know, we've looked at our calendar. We're really identifying those things that, you know, our intuition, our gut is telling us, you know, this is not where I should be spending my time. Um, This is getting in the way of, you know, the life that I want to live. How can we begin to enforce those, maybe even for the first time, to friends, family, and loved ones who are used to us just being, you know, loosey-goosey all over the place with our commitments? You know, actions speak louder than words. And that's just true to form. You know, you can communicate all day. You can write a script. You can say, I'm going to sit my mother down and I'm going to explain my boundaries to her step by step and make it plain. Right. Oh, I'm sure that would go really well. Yeah. Sounds like a really good point. (laughs) Right. Um, But it's really less about the talking part. I think what people have to understand about communications is that it's not just about verbal cues. It's about what your actions are. And if you say you're not going to answer emails after 6 p.m. and you continue to answer emails, guess what? People are not going to take you seriously. They're not actually going to respect your boundary. But why should they? You don't. You know, so that's really what it's all about. The enforcement process is actions, you know, and it, it is hard. I, I don't ever want to position this as something that is easy. You know, I personally felt the, the depth and the breadth of how hard it is to shift and evolve your boundaries after 2020. You know, I'm just, I'm a new person and I'm doing things differently. And I think where I found the most grace is that if I do those things consistently, then people will start to understand. And those that don't understand, the hard truth is that that's just not your person. They're just not. They're just not intended to be in your life in this season. And that is okay. That is okay. And, you know, speaking of other people and other people's boundaries, whether they are just boundaries or healthy boundaries, you know, it can be tough to navigate our own personal priorities as well as the boundaries that others have set for themselves. You know, if if we are used to being a bit more flexible with our healthy boundaries and we come, we encounter someone who is very clear about enforcing and protecting their boundaries you know, what advice do you have for navigating a situation like that? Yeah, that is a introspective exercise. 
Okay. It has nothing to do with the person that is communicating their boundary. And it has everything to do with the person that doesn't understand. Okay. And I'll tell you why that person probably doesn't understand. I, and I'll use me as an example. I am a fairly structured person. I like a little bit of spontaneity here and there, but for the most part, my life is pretty planned, especially during the work week. You know, things just happen like clockwork. And I have a friend who is well-intended and she just kind of lives by the seat of her pants all the time. And she may call me on a Monday at 9 a.m. and say, hey, want to go to lunch? Well, lunch is in about three hours. <laughs> yeah. And um, I have a lunch meeting already on the calendar that's yeah. been there for a week, you know? And if I communicate that to her, if I say, no, you know, I don't like to use the busy word. Right. But, but I do like to effectively communicate, I already have plans or I already have something to do. And she may say, you always have things to do. Like, you're so busy. Well, no, that's not the case. It's that my life evolves around scheduling in advance. Mm -hmm. Your life evolves around always being (laughs) flexible. Yes. So this is not something I'm doing wrong. It's something that you don't understand because it's not how you live. And I look at that across the board. It's just not how, like, so if someone doesn't understand your boundary, you don't need to over explain it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to reinforce. You don't need, you simply just have to accept that they don't understand because it's not how they live their life. Yeah. It's not how they're wired. Exactly. And that's okay. And that's okay. And honestly, some people probably would like to be wired that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they could they could probably stand to learn a thing or two from the way that you're doing it. But again, that has to be something that they initiate. They have to say, you know what, every time I call you, you always have something on your calendar, you know, and I mean, how do you keep it all together? And that's yeah. a great opportunity to be a friend right. and bring someone else along and share some tips and tools but again, they've got to initiate it mm-hmm. because it means that they're looking for a way to also implement healthy boundaries in their life. Exactly. Oh my goodness. CG, I feel like that answer alone to navigating, you know, differing perspectives with boundaries and adaptability and flexibility could launch an entirely separate episode all about uh, the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Um, I am a huge MBTI fan. I use the Myers-Briggs with the vast majority of my time management coaching clients because that last that last letter pairing, the J versus the P, the judging versus the perceiving, those are basically um, other other words for structured versus structured enclosure versus open-ended and flexible. Yes. And that is um, just two very different ways of being oriented to the world. And now I'm just super excited and, you know, amped up about Myers-Briggs things, but... <laughs> I would, like I said, I would love to keep that conversation going, but I would probably keep you here all day long talking about that. And I am going to respect the boundaries that we have in place for our time together today. And I just, 
you know, I cannot thank you enough for everything that you have shared, your personal examples, your evolving toolbox, um, you know, the difference between a boundary and a healthy boundary and, you know, the wonderful advice that you shared about how saying no doesn't have to sound like no. And it doesn't mean that we're not capable of doing all of the things. It just means that some things are more important than others. So CG, again, thank you so much for your time today. If there's, you know, I'm sure everyone listening is going to want to follow you on Instagram and stay in touch and learn more about you and listen to your podcast. So tell me, how can we stay in touch with you? Yes. Well, and first and foremost, thank you for the opportunity and just for creating space to have these types of conversations. Um, it's always a delight to share. And and like you said, I could go in for hours and hours and talk about boundaries and all that happens with that. So um, another conversation for another day, but I do share a lot of that information in the Balance Not Busy community. So if folks want more, you can head over to Instagram. It's balanced with a D, not busy. Um, I'm also the host of the Being Balanced podcast, which can be found on any podcast platform, whatever your preference is. Um, And I also have a website, so balancenotbusy.com. And that's kind of just the central hub of all the things where you can find speaking engagement information or workshop facilitation. The blog is there. Admittedly, blogging and I have a love-hate relationship, (laughs) (laughs) but when I have something to say, I post. And that's it. There's no schedule. So <laughs> surprise, um, blog post. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so you can find more information there. But yes, it has been just such a delight to use this time to talk with you and just to share a little peek into my balance, not busy world. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I'll be sure to link all of the ways that you can stay in touch with CG in the show notes. So uh, CG again, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Awesome. And there you have it. Whether you're a pro at talking the talk and walking the walk when it comes to your healthy boundaries, or you're ready to look inward and decide what healthy boundaries look like for you, I hope that you're walking away from this episode inspired by CG and her mission to help others live a life that's balanced, not busy. You can find links to learn more about CG's work, stay in touch with her, and tune in to her Being Balanced podcast by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 79. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. Next week's episode, episode 80, is all about hustle. As someone who speaks out against wearing busy as a badge of honor, you could probably guess that I am not an advocate for the 24-7 hustle-till-you-drop culture that seems to run rampant in the business and professional worlds. Been there, done that, no thanks. So... Next week, I'm exploring the fine line between hustle and hard work, how to know if you're getting a little too close to burnout from burning the candle at both ends, and how to change course before it's too late. All right. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. 
Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.